Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Andrew Lubliner. Join alongside my co-hosts, Campbell Klein, Dean McCollum, and Tyler Fertel. Today, we're going to be giving our predictions for Super Bowl 55. Um, but first, we're going to do a quick recap of the championship game. So just for a uh, score update, um, the Buccaneers beat the Green Bay Packers uh, 31-26 to in the NFC Championship game. And the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills 38-24. to So I know you guys want to talk a little about these games. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on the uh, championship games? Um, I'll start here. I know Dean was, uh, Dean was raging when this happened. But uh, after this happened, actually, when this happened, it was, it was an iffy call um, by Matt LaFleur. Uh, when he when he decided to kick the field goal when they were on their I can't remember if it was their nine yard line or their six yard line. It was the eight. It was the eight. Eight yard line. Uh, yeah. So when they were on their eight yard line, it was fourth and goal with I think four minutes left on the clock in the fourth quarter, and he decided to kick the ball and push the uh, Buccaneer lead to only five points instead of maybe going for it with Art, who's uh, with the player who's probably going to win MVP this season. Um, and another thing about uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he had that opportunity to run on that third and goal. He had that lane. He decided to throw it into the ground to Devontae Adams. That was also uh, not a great play from him. But I'm going to go back to this Ma- uh, Matt LaFleur call. Um, me, as being a Charger fan and watching the Chargers choke repeated leads throughout the season, when I saw that happen and when Matt LaFleur let Tom Brady have the ball with four seconds left I mean, four minutes left on the game clock in the fourth quarter with the trip on the, to the Super Bowl on the line. For me, it was just like, everything's on the line here. You have to go for it in that scenario. I know you guys might disagree, but you cannot put the ball back into the greatest player of all time in NFL history and be willing for him to go four and out or... I mean, three and out and uh, put the ball back to you with only two second or two minutes left on the clock. Um, I just thought it was a very risky play. It did not work out for him. Personally, I just didn't really like the call. I just, I, I don't understand how he thought. I mean, Matt LaFleur is a very smart coach. He's a very good coach. He's led the Packers to two straight NFC championships. But this call, in my opinion, I think could be, I think it choked that, uh, a trip to the Super Bowl for the Packers. Tyler, I get where you're coming from uh, when you say that Matt LaFleur made the wrong call, but you have to admit, like, during the game, you can't say that the game was automatically over after the Packers kicked that field goal. And as a Packers fan, coming from a Packers fan, when they kicked the field goal, like, I was just happy to be in this situation since the Packers were down by 18 in the third quarter, in the middle of the third quarter. But so when I was feeling when they kicked that field goal, I was like, the play before Aaron Rodgers could have run and he could have gotten the touchdown. Maybe he got hit maybe at like inside the five or something like that. But that's not, that's besides the point. If he ran it, they definitely would have gone for it because they would have had a way higher chance of getting that touchdown in the first place. But when I, what I was going through when that field goal happened, I was like, it's okay. We get to stop real quick and then we get the ball back and try and go for a game winning drive. I know that didn't work out, but you have to admit like during the game, you can't just say it was over when the ball was put back into Tom Brady's hands. I know that's a really risky play, play call for Matt LaFleur, but it, the game wasn't over until Tom Brady iced the game. Mike, uh, sorry, Chris Godwin had that uh, running play on like third and six. But um, I thought that Aaron Rodgers made a few mistakes, which cost them the game. I also think that 
a lot of it was on Kevin King, the cornerback uh, for the Packers as well. He, I think he let up two touchdowns, and they were both horrible touchdowns. Or great, great plays by the Buccaneers, but horrible cornerback play by Kevin King, which is really unfortunate because he sort of cost the Packers this game. So, I mean, I'm still pretty down about this game only because the Packers, I think they should have won this game. They had so many opportunities, even though they were down by so much during this game. The fact that Tom Brady threw three picks and the Packers still couldn't convert uh, is really unfortunate. But uh, I just look forward for the Packers to building, especially hopefully not re-signing Kevin King, uh, maybe signing or drafting a new cornerback in the draft and uh, building that wide receiver core and giving Aaron Rodgers more weapons to make him feel happier about this team next season. Uh, Yeah, you guys uh, covered the late game scenario pretty well. Obviously, it was a tough spot for the Packers to be in. But uh, to sort of continue on what Dean was saying about just like the errors in the middle of the game, the Packers and their fans, rightfully so, were pretty happy all year with the number of turnovers they had. Aaron Rodgers really didn't make many mistakes all season. And then he made a big one right before half. And it was looking like, oh, the Buccaneers might go get three points. And then all of a sudden, Kevin King got dusted for a touchdown. And that just put their team in a really bad spot. Then Aaron Jones to open up that second half had a bad fumble. So uh, sort of one of the strongest parts of the Packers game, which is just keeping the time of possession and not making silly mistakes and turning the ball over sort of came back to bite them like uh, Andrew and I said in the last podcast. So I feel like that was also a main reason why the Packers took the loss there. Um, yeah. Oh, Andrew, you want to say something? I was going to move on, but if you have one more thing to say, then yeah, I have one more it. quick thing to say in response to what Dean was talking about, about um the end of game scenario. Um, it's not like the Packers defense was playing exceptionally well throughout the game. I mean, yes, they had those three interceptions off of Tom Brady, Two of them were very bad throws. One of them was a tip pass. So, I mean, it, they weren't great plays by the Buccaneers defense, but a turnover is a turnover. I would have understand understood the call more if the Packers defense was not giving anything up to Tom Brady. But throughout the game, Tom Brady was ripping the Packers defense up on third down. I mean, repeatedly lofted balls to Mike Evans. Chris Godwin missed a couple of uh, open catches, but... But even Tyler Johnson on a couple of plays made some great catches for the Bucs. So throughout the game, Tom Brady was just able to find his open receivers on those important downs. And so for me, it just, I, it was a very, with the game on the line in that scenario, I just don't think you can rely on your defense to stop the, the, uh, to stop Tom Brady at the end of the game. I, it just for me, I feel like you had to go for it in that scenario. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, but I think what really came to bite the Packers back in the butt was just so many silly mistakes, especially on the defensive end throughout the game, because obviously you have Kevin King, who had a lot of misplays when it came to the touchdowns. First first drive of the game, Buccaneers drew, drew, drove all the way up the field for Kevin King to be all the way on his back guarding Mike Evans when the ball was literally still yeah, in the jumped, air. Yeah, he think jumped I so made, early. He jumped so early. I mean, like... I mean, I probably could have made a better play than that. Obviously, I probably could have made a better play than that. But um, that, like, su- like stuff like that just can't happen if you want to beat the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady, especially when you have that kind of offense that the Buccaneers have. You have that play. Aaron Rodgers made a huge mistake, like one of you guys mentioned, at the end of the half, throwing that uh, interception. 
Literally, I remember watching this game. I told my brother that as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw an interception, because you got to remember the Packers were down by, I believe, uh, we were, uh, the Packers were down by four, and it ended up being an 11-point uh, lead after that. Scotty Miller touchdown. But I was like, all Aaron Rodgers has to do on this drive is not throw an interception, and we're still in this game. And literally two plays later, he throws a, a pick. I mean, it, it, it was he threw it contested, and it wasn't a very good throw. But uh, I think that just small mistakes like that, them not converting on those three interceptions that they got, they basically wasted two of those drives. They were going deep for no reason at all when they could have they could have controlled the time possession, which they actually uh, did throughout the game, especially in the second half. I think that just so many mistakes, they weren't big mistakes, but there are a few too many little mistakes for the Packers to win this game. And yeah, that's all. that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, like you're adding like the fail of conversions throughout the games. Definitely, it makes, I mean, it, kind of shows why Matt LaFleur maybe wasn't as confident as he usually was with the Packers offense at the end of that game scenario. I mean, on one of their drives when they were in the red zone, they went to Devontae Adams three times in a row in the end zone, and they did not convert on any of them. So I guess it makes sense for them to kick the field goal there. I mean, kind of, but for me at least, I it just I, I couldn't see why you, why Matt LaFleur felt comfortable putting the ball back into Tom Brady's hands, still down on the clock. Um, when Tom Brady really just needs to get one first down to kind of ice the game or two or three. So, yeah, I mean, that's all I got to say about this. All right. Um, definitely a exciting game. Um, but there was also another exciting game, uh, in the AFC championship, uh, especially if you were a chiefs fan, um, the chiefs handled their business, uh, they ended up getting down uh, 10-0 pretty quickly. They had a muffed punt, which resulted in uh, Bill's uh, touchdown uh, one play later. But uh, the Chiefs, they ended up winning by uh, two scores. A pretty easy win for Patrick Mahomes and company. Uh, what do you guys, uh, you guys have anything to add on about uh, the Chiefs' victory? Um, I had the Bills winning this game. I found out, uh, I was, I was, excited after the first what two three minutes when they up when they went up uh nine zero um but after what was it the first quarter when they went down um did not look good from there Patrick Mahomes played really well throughout the game Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both played incredibly too and uh Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a good game too and I mean Josh Allen didn't play badly but they just didn't have enough to compete with Patrick Mahomes and you know what uh, they got more time to develop over the offseason. I think they can definitely come back and compete with the Chiefs once again next year. But, uh, yeah, the Chiefs are just too much in this scenario. I thought the Bills might have been able to compete a little more. It was kind of a blowout um, through most of the game. Uh, and then the uh, the Bills made a little run at the end to I push it to, I think, two scores. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was an interesting game. Um, but, yeah, I, I was honestly expecting the Bills to stay a little bit closer it was cool that they went up at the beginning, but they weren't really able to do much after that. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said, Tyler, because like you said, this game was sort of a blowout. And I want to compare it to the NFC Championship game because that game was looking like it was about to be a huge blowout for the Packers. Uh, but like, what, what differs this game from the NFC Championship game is that the Bills just couldn't pull themselves together and try and get the lead. I know that they're playing the Chiefs, and if you want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes is playing quarterback, you have to be able to put points up on the board. And at the end of the day, they just couldn't do that because it's so hard to compete with a team that has so many incredible rep- weapons, and you have the probably the the best quarterback in the league uh, in Patrick Mahomes. So 
I think that the Chiefs just took care of their business. This was a fairly easy win for them, and yeah, they're moving on to the Super Bowl. They deserve it totally. Uh, yeah, I'll try. I'll try to save the Chiefs stuff for uh, when we talk about the Super Bowl. But uh, no offense to Josh Allen, but he wasn't. He didn't look completely ready for this game. He's still really young. He's still going to be one of the best quarterbacks in this league in a few years, and he was this year. But uh, he just missed too many throws to win a playoff football game, especially against someone like Patrick Mahomes. Like, you can't be missing open guys and expecting to beat uh, the 14-2, and should have been 15-1 and Chiefs. But, uh, yeah, Josh Allen still has a lot of uh, growing to do, and him and uh, Patrick Mahomes are going to have some really good matchups down the road, I feel. Uh, and yeah, I said the game changer last week on our NFC podcast, um, could, what I thought was going to be the Buffalo Bills run game. And other than Josh Allen, who had, I think about 80 yards rushing, the Bills had, uh, with their two, um, with their two running backs. And I think Isaiah McKenzie had a couple touches. I think they had a total of 40 yards on the ground, which they could never establish the run game throughout the game. And you know what, when they were winning at the beginning of the game, that could have been important, but throughout the game, I guess they didn't really need to run the uh, run the ball. But you know what? If they can get a running back like maybe Leonard Fournette, who's uh, who is going to be in the Super Bowl, or maybe a couple other players, potentially Aaron Jones. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there are some good uh, running backs out there in free agency. If they can get a consistently good running back um, next season, I think this could be a dangerous team because, as we saw, Stephon Diggs is going to be a motivated player next year. He stayed out on the field to watch the Chiefs' uh, celebration. You can obviously see that he really wants to win, and I know Josh Allen feels the same way, and that Buffalo defense is looking good too. So I think that the Bills are once again going to compete with the Chiefs next year, and, yeah, I think they can definitely have a chance to return to this uh, ASC championship. Yeah, I'm excited to see more uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes battles uh, in the future. Um but now uh, we've covered the uh, championship game, so we're going to move on to the Super Bowl matchup. So Super Bowl 55 is um, almost here. Uh, it's actually being played in Tampa, so it's kind of uh, I'm pretty sure there are going to be some fans there, so it's kind of like a home game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I guess is a slight advantage, but since it's not full capacity, um, I don't think it'll be too much of an advantage. But uh, again, to reiterate for anyone that uh, doesn't uh, know by now, the Chiefs will be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we're just going to get right into this game. Uh, Dean, uh, you want to talk a little about uh, your prediction and just this game in general? Yeah, so what uh, when I figured out, when I saw that this matchup was going to happen, it's GOAT versus Baby GOAT. I mean, Tom Brady, the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. Hope, well, I wish the best for Patrick Mahomes because I love watching him play. Soon to be the GOAT, maybe. But uh, I'm really excited to watch this game because Patrick Mahomes is such an electric player to watch, and Tom Brady... He just has the best football mind in all of uh, in the entire NFL. So no matter how good your team is, he can always pick your defense apart. No matter how good your defense is, too. You can always pick it apart. He's so smart, especially when he's throwing passes. So I think this is going to be a very interesting game. I think it'll be a very close game, obviously, because it, technically it's the best of the best since both teams made it this far to the Super Bowl. But now going on my uh, – oh, I'm not going to go on my prediction yet. So you guys want to preview this game a little more? Um, yeah, uh, these two offenses are the two, prob- two of the best offenses in the league. Both got very good, uh, weapons as for wide receivers and tight ends. I mean, t- Travis Kelsey's 
better than Gronk now, but I mean, Gronk has been good in big uh, moments for the Buccaneers, uh, for the Patriots before, and he was good in, uh, for one moment in the Buccaneers game against the Packers. But uh, both teams got great wide receivers, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown for the Buccaneers, and um, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. I don't know if Sammy Watkins is going to be back, but McCole Hardman. Um, And also what's going to be interesting is that it's going to be Antonio Brown versus Le'Veon Bell. They both made the Super Bowl, um, just not on the Steelers. Um, But, uh, yeah, this game, I think that obviously we know these offenses are two of the premier offenses in the NFL, but – I think both of these defenses are a little underrated. I think the Buccaneers' defense is a little more underrated than the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense isn't bad, but I think that the Buccaneers' defense has been on underrated all season. They got one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Devin White has been playing spectacular in the playoffs. Levante David is a good uh, um, Levante David's a good linebacker too, and their secondary has been playing good throughout the playoffs. I mean, they played well against Michael Thomas. I don't think he had a. I if I'm mistaken, I can't remember if he had a catch. Mike. Uh, Mike, not uh, Devonte Adams didn't do too much compared to what he's done throughout the season. Um, but also for this Chiefs secondary, Tyron Matthew is one of the best safeties in the NFL. This um, this secondary is not bad too. We'll uh, see what they'll be able to do against Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Um, yeah, so that's going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, I think this this is going to be a high scoring game. Obviously, two of the best offenses in the league. But you know. I think there could definitely be some turnovers in this game. Both of these defenses have been playing pretty well throughout the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, I don't, we're not going to say our predictions yet, but I think it's going to be close. And uh, a fun fact, as Drew, uh, Andrew was talking about before, um, this is the first time uh, an NFL team has hosted the Super Bowl in their own stadium, in their own city. So that's pretty cool for the Buccaneers. But yeah, this is going to be a great game and I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. And like Dean said, baby goat versus goat. Um, yeah. Yeah. To sort of continue what you were saying, uh, this, in my opinion, is going to be the biggest game of Patrick Mahomes career. And he's only 25 years old. Like he is so young, but I don't think he will play in a football game with more importance than this one. And Tony Romo said this this morning and actually thinking about this podcast a night or two ago, I was thinking the same exact thing. Uh, he said, if Patrick Mahomes does not win this game, he will never be able to surpass Tom Brady as the GOAT. That'll put Tom Brady as, at seven Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes will have lost to a 43-year-old as he's entering his prime. I don't know what you want to call uh, Patrick Mahomes right now, but I agree with that. Like if Stephen A. I, Smith I'd, also said this too. Yeah, this is, it's an interesting thing. I'd, uh, I'd say the Chiefs have the better offense and... They're the favorites to win this game in Vegas, all those things. And uh, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't win this game, he can. he's still going to be an all-time great. But if he doesn't win this game, I don't think he's the GOAT. So what, what do you guys think? Yeah, I was actually going to bring this up. Like, I kind of just interrupted you about that. I'm sorry about that. But uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith also brought this up on first take this, uh, this morning. Um, so, yeah, that was an interesting thing. Drew, what do you have to say about this? Yeah, I'm not quite sure about. I mean, I, I definitely understand that that uh, statement about how he'll never be able to catch Brady. But the thing is, he's only 25, and based on how good Patrick Mahomes is right now, it like for all we know, he could win the next 10 Super Bowls. He's that good. So I don't think it's. I I don't know if it if it's. I think it might be a little too quick to put that label on him, but just 
uh, going over uh, to the game um, in general. I- I'm so excited. I think that the Super Bowl is going to be possibly um, the best Super Bowl in like the last 10 years. I mean, you have, as Dean said, uh, the GOAT. I guess he's the old GOAT now, but he'll always be the GOAT, at least for the time being, versus Patrick Mahomes, who people think that could even overtake Brady. Um, in my opinion, you know, two of the best offenses. The Chiefs probably have the edge on the offense, like Campbell said, but between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown's looking like a glimpse of what he used to be, that offense is scary, let alone Scotty Miller, who had a huge touchdown pass uh, in the NFC Championship game. He's uh, definitely going to be a factor, um, and he is very confident in himself, as he said this week, that he thinks he could beat uh, Terry Kill in a 40-yard dash race, which I'm not sure if I believe that, but the kid definitely has very confident, um, a lot of confidence. Um, I, I'm, yeah. As Tyler said, I think this is going to be a uh, high-scoring uh, affair. Um, I think it's going to come down to uh, which defense can create more turnovers. Uh, one thing I would like to point out is um, Campbell actually mentioned the stat to me. Uh, Devin White was not able to play due to. Um, due to COVID protocols against the Washington football team in the first round. But if you combine the, the, his uh, stats from the game against the Packers and the game against the Saints, the past two games they played, he has 26 total tackles, which is just absurd. So that's an average of 13 tackles per game. That's, that's just ridiculous. Um, and then also a, guy, a little guy under the radar, um, Sean Murphy Bunting has had an interception in every Buccaneers playoff game so far. Somehow the ball just finds him. He finds the ball right place, right time. I don't know. We'll see if he can pick off Patrick Mahomes. I think that, you know, I think that for the um, Buccaneers to win this game, that they're going to have to either intercept Mahomes or, you know, get a strip sack or get a fumble or something. They're going to have to create some turnovers. And one thing um, that they're also going to have to do is they're going to have to keep Mahomes off the field and they're going to have to run the ball. Leonard Fournette, um, he's been playing great this uh, during this playoffs. He's going to have to be good. Ronald Jones, he's still a little banged up from the injury, but he's going to have to be good as well. They're going to have to dominate the time of possession if uh, the Buccaneers um, are going to win this game. I, I really think that they can, but they're going to have to try to keep Patrick Mahomes off of the field as much as possible. And when he's on the field, they're going to have to do a good job of you know containing him and not letting up any of those big plays, those deep passes to Tyreek Hill. They got to make them, you know, methodically go down and then maybe try to force a turnover. But yeah, I'm pretty excited for the Super Bowl. Um, I think that, uh, I think it's probably going to be one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Um, yeah. I just want to mention something before we move on to our predictions for the Super Bowl. But uh, I, I just wanted to do a few key things for the Buccaneers to win this game. Um, like Andrew said, they definitely have to control the time of possession because it's super important, especially when you're playing someone like Patrick Mahomes, because when he gets rolling, he can't be stopped. And when you have someone like Leonard Fournette, who had a very good game versus the Packers, Ronald Jones, hopefully he can uh, get a little healthier for this game because he didn't do, he did close to nothing versus the Packers, but uh, you're really going to have to control that time of possession. And when Patrick Mahomes hits the field, you like Andrew said, you have to limit every single pass or deep deep pass to either whether it's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, any of those guys because they're all deep threats. So you're definitely going to have to stop Patrick Mahomes from stretching that field, or else the time possession is not going to matter because Patrick Mahomes is just going to score super fast. So 
I think that uh, it's going to be super important, especially on the defensive end for the Buccaneers to stop Patrick Mahomes. And also what I'd like to say is that last time that the Buccaneers played the Chiefs, none of you guys really mentioned this. Maybe you forgot or something, but Tyreek Hill had, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 250 receiving yards and a, a, a pair of touchdowns. I mean, that was a, that was a great fantasy week for me uh, as I had him on my team. Uh, I remember that day very vividly, but the the Buccaneers can't let let that happen again. I I highly doubt it happens again because that's an unreal performance from Tyree Kill. But if if that happens, it's over. But uh, yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I think that the Buccaneers will lock in, especially on defense, because I do think they have better defense than the Kansas City Chiefs. So it'll be super interesting. And I think I agree with Andrew. It's going to be a Super Bowl for the ages because Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady, baby goat versus goat. So it'll be super interesting to watch. So. Campbell, you have something to say? Uh, yeah, I was about to bring up that uh, week 12, I think it was, game. Uh, and somehow saying Tyreek Hill had 250 yards is somewhat of an understatement as he had 212 yards in the first quarter. And I think it might have been three touchdowns, but I'm not 100% sure. So that was an unreal game by him. And that's what I wanted to say. If Obviously, if the Buccaneers let that happen again, it's the Chiefs are going to win this Super Bowl. However, I don't think that's going to happen again. And yeah, the, it, the Buccaneers just can't give up those 60-yard streaks to Tyreek Hill. They're not, they're not going to be able to outrun and gun this uh, Chiefs team. So as you guys said, like they just have to limit the big plays and keep the time of possession just dink and dunk because nobody's going to beat the Chiefs at their own game. They're not going to... They're not going to outscore, outshoot out the Chiefs. Like they're going to have to, they're going to have to find turnovers. They're going to have to make big plays. They're going to have to get those third down stops. And I think we all know the Chiefs are going to pull out some sort of trickery. Uh, they've done it in really every single game this year. It seems like every single game they run this weird like snap shovel pass to Travis Kelsey, which seems to work nine out of ten times. And if I had to put money on it, there's going to be something along those lines and probably something even more extreme. The Chiefs already got their their Super Bowl as a team. Like, obviously, they're looking to win another one, but a lot of the stress is off after you win one. So I think they're going to have to they're going to be on the lookout for some uh, interesting plays with a quarterback like uh, Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, as I said just a minute ago, they're going to have to limit Tyree Kill and those big plays from the from the speedy Chiefs receivers. So, yeah, this should be a really good game. Yeah. I definitely think that the key to this game is going to be um, if the if the Buccaneers defense can hold the Chiefs to a decent amount of points because, like you said, Campbell, no one's going to beat the Chiefs in a shootout, especially in the Super Bowl. Um, so when they take out their bag of tricks, it's they're an unpredictable offense. But, you know, never know. Like Andrew likes to say, they're playing against playoff Tom Brady who can – do magical things too. So, you know what? This game's going to be a great game. And I think we're moving on our predictions now, right? Yes. Uh, we're going to start with Tyler. You can uh, just keep it for now. Um, who's winning Super Bowl 55? Okay. For the grand prediction, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs winning their second straight Super Bowl. Although I'm a Charger fan, and you know what? Chiefs are probably my least favorite team. I just think they have more uh, than the Bucs. I just think they're going to win this game. I mean, I don't know. I think that the Bucs defense, like I said before, is going to be a game changer. But you know what? This Chiefs offense is so, so good that even if they do force some turnovers, I just think that 
when it comes down to it, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I mean, they just have too much for the Buccaneers, even though playoff Tom Brady is a different breed, according to Andrew. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs here. There are, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of key things that could happen in this game. I mean, Tom Brady could play an incredible game um, and throw for, what, 400 yards, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski could all have uh, great games, too, and I mean, and Leonard Fournette could run the ball on the ground, too, so I mean, this game could definitely go both ways, but you know what, the Chiefs' offense is not something you want to mess with, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. Okay, for my prediction, you know... I feel like everything is pointing me in the direction of the Chiefs. They're the better third down team, in my opinion. They have that one Tyreek Hill slant, Travis Kelsey over the middle. That plays unstoppable. Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, right now is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. However, I simply cannot go against Tom Brady in this situation. He's the greatest football player to ever grace this earth. Uh, I, I can't choose, I can't. I can't bet against him. Overall, I just want a close game, and I really don't care who comes out on top. I just want a good game. But if I if I had to choose, I'm going Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It, late, late in the game, when this is when this is a one possession game in the fourth quarter, I'm I'm gonna have more trust in Tom Brady as the greatest football player ever with six Super Bowls to go and win the game over uh, Patrick Mahomes. But keyword uh, one possession game. That's what I'm hoping for hoping for some sort of last-second field goal, last-second touchdown for the win. Hopefully it's not a two-possession game to close it out. That's the main thing, in my opinion. Um, I'm just going to add something really quickly. I just realized that I bet against Tom Brady against the Saints. I bet against Tom Brady against the... who they... against the Packers. And once again, I'm betting against Tom Brady against the Kansas City Chiefs. We will see what happens in the Super Bowl, but... uh. All three You're games one have persistent been man, Tyler. You're one persistent man. <laughs> All three man. games have if, been... If you were a better, you would have lost a lot of money right now. <laughs> both games. Both games were good games. So, guess we're in for another good one. And so, yeah, this game's going to be a great game. Uh, it's going to come down to the wire, I'm hoping. And, yeah, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for a great game in this Super Bowl 55. So, for my prediction for, the, uh, for Super Bowl 55, when Kim was talking, it sort of hit me how how back and forth I was going between my prediction because both of these quarterbacks, what's really funny is that they always find a way to win. Both of these quarterbacks always find themselves in situations to pull it out. Even if they're down by 20, remember last season, Patrick Mahomes was down by what was it? 20 versus the Texans. It's one correct. It goes that. more. Was it they were down by 20 least, in like the second quarter? 21 or 24. Yeah, I know it was something one like that. Yeah, no, and they Patrick were down 31, seven or 28, seven. Yeah. yeah, it was 21 or 24. And Patrick Mahomes always finds a way to come out on top and now going to Tom Brady. The Packers looked like they could, when everyone was saying the game was over after halftime, the Packers almost came back, but Tom Brady still finds a way to put the game away. And that's just a small example. Of course, Tom Brady's had way better. Uh, comebacks in that. Packers I mean, are we going to talk about the Falcons? Uh, and uh, I know, I know, I know. That's, I know that's what I'm talking about. But since that was recent, that's just what came to my mind first. But I've been going back and forth about this. But I'm going to have to agree with Tyler. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this game is going to be absolutely crazy to watch. I'm just hoping for a great game, like all of we are, uh, all of us are, and some good chicken wings as well. But um, I, I love Super Bowl chicken wings. Anyways, um. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to go with Patrick Mahomes. I, I feel like he's just going to pull something out of his sleeve that's just going to be, un, like, it's just going to be unbeatable. I think I, he's going to be the best quarterback in the league for, for the foreseeable future, and I don't think that Tom Brady's going to pull through. And, yeah, I'm going to have to take the Chiefs. I, I take the Chiefs offense over the Bucks defense. I think that the Bucks defense will be able to limit the Chiefs, but not enough to the point where they're going to be able to win the game because their defense plays better than the Chiefs offense will play. So I'm going to take the Chiefs in a shootout. This game's going to be insane, but I'm taking the Chiefs. Um, I agree with your last point right there. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, however, I will not be agreeing with you with your prediction. I am going to be choosing the greatest football player to ever set foot on planet Earth, Tom Brady and his team, the Tampa Buccaneers. Um, I'm in an agreement with Campbell on this one. Tyler still hasn't learned from his lesson. Dean just saw what happened to his Packers. They're still betting against Tom Brady. We'll see how it works out. I, I really think that he just, as Dean said, he just finds a way to win. Like Tom Brady, he's he has been perfect in his career, but he's in all these big games. Like so, what he throws three interceptions, he still plays phenomenal when he needs to and when it's really important. Now, I don't think he can throw three interceptions to win this game, but my point is that he just finds a way to win. And no matter what this, now what no matter what the box score says, no matter what the stat sheet says, he's always going to be great uh, in clutch moments. And you know. If I if I'm the Buccaneers, uh, and I'm that defense, like if they can keep Patrick Mahomes like to 30 points or less, I think I think they have a good chance um, at winning that game because I think the Buccaneers could definitely score 30 points. Because something that I've noticed about the Chiefs defense is they play press coverage, and the reason why the Bills couldn't exploit that is because you know Kobe Kobe usually was actually able to get some open routes um, in the middle of the field although he was playing with a broken uh, fibula but they were pretty much doubling Stefan Diggs playing press coverage to anyone else and when you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller all in the same field if you're press coveraging all those you can't double all of them as well so uh, i just think that Brady's going to be able to cook back there um as long as the O-line keeps playing uh, the same phenomenal way that they've been playing the past few weeks. The Packers barely got any pressure on Tom Brady, so that needs to stay the same. But assuming um, assuming uh, the O-line stays the same, you know, Brady's going to be Brady. Although Mahomes is pretty clutch as well, as you guys mentioned, they're going to have some trick plays and some tricks up their sleeve. I'm just going to – I just think that, you know, Brady will just make uh, one – one more clutch play that will uh, win the Buccaneers game. So I'm definitely going to go in a high-scoring game, uh, the Buccaneers winning. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to some uh, Madden-looking, spectacularly magical plays um, in the Super Bowl. Uh, so um, I'm going to, yeah, adding on to kind of what Andrew said, um, I kind of want to propose to a question to you guys. Over, under, does Gronk get five catches in this game he has usually been very good in the super bowl he has not been playing okay he's he's had like one catch in the playoffs so far i mean he's been playing not very well in the playoffs so far but i mean he's one of the greatest tight ends ever do you think he can play well in the big game and maybe put the bucks over the top maybe get a touchdown five receptions around 50 yards receiving what do you guys think um i think it's interesting you bring this up tyler because um, versus the Packers, I forgot he was even on. I, I forgot he was even on the team to be honest. Uh, other than other than the fact that he absolutely iced the game versus us on like that thirty yard slip screen, which was very annoying. But um, I think that it, it is possible that Tom Brady pulls something out of his sleeve 
and uses Gronk to do something, if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are having hard times, I think that it's possible that uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski is able to do something uh, very important in this game. Do I think he'll get five catches? It's unlikely, so I'm going to go with no, but I do think that it's possible that Tom Brady could pull something out of the bag and get him a touchdown in a clutch situation. So I'm going to say no to five receptions. I think that's a little too much, but uh, I, I do think there's a possibility that he has a very, uh, very high impact in this game. He, I think he did. He had a good catch um, at the end of the game against the Packers, right? To kind of, it didn't ice it, but it, well, right? Am it, I right I, about that? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, like Tom Brady just dumped it off to him and he ran I know, but he, yards. I mean, it, it wasn't he was a good there catch. in the clutch. He was there in the clutch. That's what Tom Brady needed from him. And the Packers. Why, need, that's the, why. The, that's why they trade. They traded for him. I mean, they basically signed him. But that's why the Buccaneers got him for the playoffs. Andrew and Campbell, what do you have to say about this proposed question? Uh, yeah, I don't think five receptions is going to happen. Maybe five targets, but uh, I'm not seeing five receptions out of Rob Gronkowski. I do think, I think there's a better chance he gets a touchdown than five receptions, just because. He's been there for, as you said, he's really just been there for Tom Brady for most of his career. And just like, he's such a reliable target. I don't think he's going to be like, oh, I'm scrambling out of the pocket and I'm Tom Brady. Let me find Gronk. Like, yeah, if he's open, he's going to find him. But I don't think he's like, in in the past, Rob Gronkowski's really been that guy. It's like, find him, the give him the ball and let him work. But uh, that's really not the player he is now. It's just a reception's happening. But uh I'll I'll say yes to a touchdown. I'll I'll say no to five receptions and yes to a touchdown. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you guys. I'm gonna go. He's. I think he'll get three to four catches. I think that's reasonable for him. And I, you know what? If he's open in the red zone, he's got he's got red zone threat, which is a Madden ability. He has that in real life. So, uh, yeah, yes, I, I definitely think it's accurate for him to get a touchdown. I'm not sure about five catches. Um, Andrew, do you have anything to say about this? And then I want to propose another one of these. I don't think he's going to get five catches just because Cameron Brait has actually uh, gotten open a lot. And he it's not like Gronk is not really the first string tight end, although he is running a, a ton of plays because the Buccaneers run that two tight end set all the time. But Cameron Brait, a lot of time, is running the downfield routes. Uh, Gronk is more of like a blocking short yardage, um, like kind of red zone threat. So I'm not sure if he's going to get five receptions, but... Him and Brady, their connection is a very good. Um, Brady knows where to put the ball for him to catch it, so it wouldn't surprise me if they get five receptions. Yeah, when they were in the red zone, I mean, he was Cameron Brate was the one who got the who got the touchdown. I mean, Gawk was kind of like a decoy on that play. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna propose another one of these uh, for the Chiefs offense here. Um, over under, do the Kansas City Chiefs running game do they get a hundred yards on the ground? Combined with Daryl Williams, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell. We're not we won't conclude Patrick Mahomes' running yards, but, but with their running backs and wide receivers, will the Chiefs get a hundred yards on the ground? Uh for me, oh sorry, Dean, but uh I'll keep it quick. For me, I think the better question would be with Patrick Mahomes, but uh I don't I don't think uh their running back core is gonna are we counting like We're Nico counting Hart? like we're counting like end arounds with Tyree Kale. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't hear that part. Um, you know, I'm still gonna go with no if we're not counting Patrick Mahomes. He was uh, dealing with some turf toe the other week. That's an injury that can keep you out a week or two. It happened with Antonio Gibson earlier this year. 
So uh, he wasn't as mobile. Uh, I'm going to go with the under, though. I don't think they're going to find one of those like big Mikkel Hardman 60-yard runs off the left end. I think the Bucks are going to be able to contain that. So I'm going to go with the under. I mean, uh, so this is just based on the question. The Packers had 200-plus rushing yards in their first-round matchup versus one of the best rushing defenses in the league, the Los Angeles Rams, but they couldn't get anything going versus the Buccaneers. I mean, I think that the Buccaneers probably have probably have the best run defense, top three for sure, but, I mean, they literally injured our star running back, so that, that just goes to show. I mean, they're playing against a rookie running back, uh, but I don't think that uh, the Chiefs will get over 100 rushing yards. I know that counts Nico Hardman like a jet sweep or something or a, a Tyreek Kill jet sweep or something like that. But I, I think that it's possible for the Chiefs to get it. I mean, like you never know Tyreek Kill could go on like a Wildcat 66-yard gain or something. I don't know. But uh, that was kind of specific. But uh, if, if, something like, <laughs> if something like that happens, then obviously the Chiefs could get it. But I'm going to go with the under as well. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think another important thing in this game is going to be, um, how much pressure the Buccaneers defense can get onto, uh, Patrick Mahomes and how much pressure the Chiefs, uh, uh, defensive line can get onto Tom Brady. Cause you know what? That could definitely a big, be a big game changer. These are two of the best quarterbacks in getting the ball to their open wide receivers, finding when, uh, when and where their wide receivers want the ball. And so if these teams can both get pressure, that could be a very key factor in this game. Cause I mean, the, both of these teams have great defensive lines. I mean, Chris Jones and Frank Clark for the, um, for the Chiefs and Shaquille Barrett and Nadama Kinsu and a couple others for the Buccaneers. So, I mean, that could definitely be a key in this game. Um, what do you guys think about that? I think the Bucks defense has been super underrated all year. And I think um, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Shaquille Barrett led a league in sacks last year. Um, not this past season, but the season before. So he gets a lot of pressure. Jason Pierre-Paul is having a, a resurgence on the defensive line. I know he got at yeah, least that was one. The, that was the guy I forgot about. I know he got at least one sack on uh, Aaron Rodgers, maybe a couple other pressures, or maybe multiple sacks, but I just remember one play uh, pretty vividly. Um, but yeah, they're, they're also Vita Vea is um, uh, back for them too, which uh, really helps uh, against stuffing the run. So I don't think the Chiefs, I mean, they don't run the ball very much anyways. I don't think they'll be looking to run because I think that they do most of their damage uh, in the passing game. Um, but yeah, I think, if those guys can get pressure on Mahomes and make him run around, it's going to be hard. But, you know, it, it's so funny because, like, Patrick Mahomes, he might be better, you know, scrambling and throwing out on the run than he is being a pocket passer. It's so hard to tell because it almost is sometimes, like, he gets, like, just a tad bit of pressure. Some quarterbacks stay in. He just darts out of there and just makes it an incredible play on the run. So, I mean, it's going to take um, extended pressure, and they're going to try to have to – contain him uh, in, in the backfield which is definitely going to be a hard task but if they can get a lot of pressure on um on Mahomes then I think uh, the Buccaneers have a real shot at winning this game uh something super quick to say we covered with uh Tyler's question the running backs are the running game for uh the Chiefs what what do you guys really quickly before we move on to shot clock have to say about both of the teams uh, receivers and tight ends. What what do you think is going to happen with those sort of players in this game? Who do you think is going to play well? 
who do you think is going to sort of shut down in the pressure? And we'll just keep it brief before shot clock, which is sort of along the same lines. Yeah, I'll keep it brief real quick. Uh, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. He's the most consistent. He's probably the most one of the most consistent players in the NFL. I mean, if you just look at his stats from game to game, he's always putting up great numbers. So I think that he'll definitely be a big part uh, uh, for the reason why I'm picking the Chiefs. I think he'll definitely play a huge role in the Chiefs winning this game. So I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey on that. Um. Yeah, this is a Campbell. This is a good question because this might be the battle of the weapons. I mean, it's going to be interesting for me to see like Mike Evans versus Tyree Kill, two of the some of the uh, top ten wide receivers in the NFL. Um, and their games contrast a lot. I mean, Tyree Kill is more of a run out, uh, run after catch type of wide receiver, so speedy. I mean, he can get downfield really quickly too, but that's a big part of his game, catching the ball and then being able to make players miss, and then um. And then uh, Mike Evans being able to catch the ball in the air uh, in one-on-one coverage and go downfield quick too. So, I mean, they have contrasting games, but I think that could definitely be um, a matchup to watch who has a better game. And you know what? If Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans have a better game than Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, this could very well be in the Buccaneers' favor. This is this this could definitely decide the game. I mean, I've said there's a lot of key factors in this game, as there are, but uh, this could be another one, the battle of the wide receivers and tight ends. Okay, Andrew, I think we're ready to move on a shot clock. All right, you guys mentioned all the players that I was uh, thinking about talking about, so we hit all the points there. Um, now we're going to move on to our shot clock segment for today, so... Um, the question, uh, for today's shot clock segment is who do you think is going to be the most game changing player, um, uh, in the Super Bowl? And we're not going to be choosing, uh, the quarterbacks because most likely whichever team wins, uh, the quarterback of that team will win Super Bowl MVP. So outside of that, um, who do you guys think is pretty much just going to play the biggest role in, uh, their team winning? So, um, we'll start with Campbell on this one. Uh, Campbell, 24 seconds on the clock. Ready, begin. All right, so with my breakout player, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to go with the bailout option, Travis Kelsey. He's been the best tight end in the league this year. Some people were talking about George Kittle being the best last year. I really think he's proven himself this year. Uh, he could have led the league in receptions. He's been so consistent. He's a red zone threat. He's He can pick up big yards. He can be there on third down. He can really just do it all. I think he had 14 touchdowns this year. He's just all over the field, so I think he's going to impact the game all over the place. Definitely agree with that one. Uh, Hands down, best tight end in the league. We'll see if George Kittle can compete with him next year for that honor, but uh, we'll go to Dean now. 24 seconds on the clock. Ready, begin. So I'm going to go with the defensive player uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to go with Chris Jones, their defensive lineman. If you guys don't remember last Super Bowl, he had so many magnificent plays, which... Uh, turned out to be super influential in the Chiefs win versus the Niners. I think he's going to do something very similar to that, get a lot of pressure on Tom Brady, something the Packers couldn't even do last week. So I think that, yeah, he'll get a lot of pressure, hopefully some sacks, and help the Chiefs win this game because defense is going to be key in this game. Yeah, defenses are definitely going to be key. We'll see how they fare against these great offenses. Um, All right, Tyler, uh, you're up now. 24 seconds on the clock. Ready, begin. 
Um, so I'm going to go Shaquille Barrett in this topic. Um, he had, I think, if I'm correct, he had three sacks last week on Aaron Rodgers. That was a very important game changer for the Buccaneers in that game. And I think if he can do the same thing and force Patrick Mahomes to maybe throw some bad balls and get a lot of pressure on him, that could be really important. And adding to this, Eric Fisher, the left tackle of the... um of the Kansas City Chiefs is out for this game. I think he tore his Achilles or ACL, not sure. So if Shaquille Barrett lines up against the backup for that team, he could definitely get a lot of pressure on uh, Patrick Mahomes, and he could really uh, make this game very interesting. Shaquille Barrett, definitely a very underrated pass rusher. All right, uh, Dean's going to time me for my shot clock segment. Uh, Dean, I'm ready when you are. All right, Andrew, 24 seconds on the clock. Ready, begin. All right. Um, well, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast, Devin White has been an absolute beast. Uh, 26 tackles in his past two playoff games. So I'm going to go with him as my game-changing player. I don't think if the Bucks win, he'll win Super Bowl MVP, but I think that he's going to be a monster and just he's going to have to tackle guys left and right, whether it's the running backs or whether it's you know Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey. He's going to be very he's going to be a very busy man uh, in the Super Bowl. But I think Devin White's definitely going to uh, make a huge impact uh, on this football game. Uh, and Andrew, adding to what you're talking about, Campbell's uh, player to watch in this game, Travis Kelsey, could be marked by Devin White throughout the game because normally tight ends are marked up by uh, linebackers. And uh, Devin White is one of the – I think he, he, I, he I think he's the fastest linebacker on the Buccaneers. Uh, I think he's playing linebacker one for the middle linebacker one, if I'm right. I don't know if Levante David is, but that could be uh, a matchup to watch throughout this game. A good linebacker versus the best tight end in the NFL. So, yeah, watch out for that one, guys. Yes, uh, as we've all mentioned numerous times in this podcast, the Super Bowl is going to be such a great, uh, entertaining game. We cannot wait. Um but uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Um, make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening on today, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at ATBuzzerPodcast. Um, thanks for listening again, uh, and stay tuned for uh, next week's episode. <laughs>